0: This morning, Luke chapter number 12, you find that in your copy of the Scriptures. That would be wonderful. If you need a copy right there in front of you in the back of the pew, there should be one. We'd love for you to follow along as we delve into a message simply entitled, Ready or Not, Here I Come. Ready or Not, Here I Come. Many a good hide-and-go-seek game, though many of us haven't played that for many, many years, amen, but uh, many a good hide-and-go-seek game has started with those words, Ready or Not. Here I come. And uh, if you were the seeker, you're ready to go at it. If you were the person hiding, uh, that may put a little fear and trepidation in you. When you heard those words, here I, ready or not, here I come. And uh, um it always stunk I, when I remember playing many years ago, or actually, actually sometimes I played with my little boys. But anyway, um, I, I, it always stinks when somebody says, ready or not, here I come in the game of hide and go seek, and you're still in the, in the midst of trying to hide in the perfect place, and uh, you're kind of caught in between, trying to find that spot or fit in somewhere. <laughs> At least you probably shouldn't have tried. Uh, anyway, and uh, nonetheless, it doesn't, that's not great, not fun to hear. Uh, uh, here, ready or not, here I come, and you're not ready. It pays to be ready. Uh, If you're the the hider in the game of hide-and-go-seek, can I also tell you this? It pays to be ready for you and I as Christians when Jesus Christ returns. To be ready. This evening, or excuse me, this morning, we're going to look at a passage, and I think it correlates to the title of this message, Ready or Not, Here I Come. And the challenge is, as we'll see, is the, for you and I to be ready. Look, look in Luke chapter 12. Look at verse 35, if you will, with me. Jesus Christ is speaking. Here's what he says. Interesting start to this little section. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. Verse 36. And ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord um, when he will return from the wedding. That when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him uh, Immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Rarely I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet, and will come forth and serve them. If he shall come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. And this, No that if the goodman of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Verse 40, be therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh in an hour when ye think not. And All right, so first of all, let's start here. If we're talking about and correlating the illustration of the game of hide-and-go-seek, when a seeker comes to find the person who is hiding or those who are hiding in the game of hide-and-go-seek, he is obviously already ready. The seeker is ready. He's counted his numbers or he skipped counting half of them and just said, ready or not, here I come. And he's ready to go seek the people who are hiding. Now, can I tell you when it comes to you and I as Christians, as believers, I want you to see this morning that God in heaven is ready for Christ's return. Now, that ought to be comforting. Because our God, our Heavenly Father in Heaven, He's not trying to stall us. He's not trying to say, hang on, I'm not quite ready. Things aren't quite prepared. No, God in Heaven is fully prepared and ready for the church to go home. For you and I to be taken as the bride of Christ back to Heaven. I love what is said in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 16. And, uh, but now they desire a better country that is a heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Notice the statement. For he hath prepared for them a city. Here's the comfort. Whenever Jesus Christ comes to return for you and I, we can be assured that heaven is ready to go. You ever walk into a place, maybe that's not completely ready? You ever walk into a time for eating and it's not ready to go? Can I tell you, that's not going to be the case. When Jesus Christ returns, heaven will be ready and prepared for us. Uh, He says, I've prepared a city. It's already done. There's nothing left undone. And Jesus Christ himself, we know this. He promised it in John chapter 14, verse 2. He said what? I go to prepare a place for you. I love that statement, and we would add to that, not only is God the Father ready for Christ's return, but we would then say, obviously, Jesus Christ is ready to come. In fact, I've often pictured it this way, and I said it, I uh, I think it's an accurate, at least, of the attitude that is present there in heaven among Christ. I, I can just picture Jesus Christ sitting on the edge of his throne, and uh, he's ready to go get his bride. I, I picture it like a, 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 a player on a basketball team or something. They're on the edge of their chair. They're ready for uh, the coach to say, go get in there, and Jesus Christ is like that in heaven. And you know what he's waiting to hear? He's waiting to hear God the Father say, go get your bride. Get your bride. I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is ready for his return. The place is prepared, heaven is ready to go, everything that you can imagine, the the table is set for the marriage supper of the Lamb, everything is ready to go from God's perspective. Uh, There is nothing yet to be done. God's not saying, all right, Jesus, wait a second, God the Father is not saying, wait a second, we need to take care of this and this and this, we need to do that and so forth. Okay, how many of you husbands, you have a to-do list that grows whenever you're having people come over your house? And your wife says, hey, we need to get this done. We need to take care of this. We need to do this. Before they arrive, we need to take care of this. Can I tell you right now, that's not happening in heaven. God the Father and God the Son are ready for your arrival. They're ready for us to come to heaven. Often, As a pastor, I find it humorous when um, we have a wedding or something and uh, that great moment where the bride actually shows up at the back door. Um, We had a wedding a year or two ago where the bride never really showed up for a long time. And that was awkward. Uh, But that grand moment where the bride shows up, right? And I'm normally here standing with the groom. And I'll tell you, man, the look on their eyes, boy, if, if they could, those grooms would run down the aisle and grab their bride. They would embrace, I mean, they, they cannot wait to get down there. And it's almost like you're holding them back. I think it's a good thing that we have the tradition of the father walking the bride down, because that's scary. That kind of scares the groom from running down the aisle and just taking her away and so forth. And so that dad walking that bride down the aisle, because we all know about the dad, he doesn't want to let go either, amen? And so I picture it like that. There's the groom. He's anticipating, he's looking forward to getting his bride, her bride becoming his man i'm thankful today that you and i don't have to say what does does god really want us Is, is jesus christ really does he want to bring this mess to heaven can i tell you right now jesus christ is ready to come get his bride he's ready for the return his own return to earth to do so now what does that mean Well, that is the groundwork for this passage. That is the reality behind it, the context of it, that we come now to verse number 40, and here is the thrust of the passage. Did you catch what we read just a moment ago? It is a challenge for you and I to therefore, what? Be ye therefore ready also. Be ye prepared are you prepared are you ready like god the father is ready like jesus christ is ready it's a multifaceted uh, thing that will break down into two statements notice that number 1 is simply this we are to be ready and prepared ready and prepared we'll explain or expound upon it in just a moment number 2 not just ready and prepared we are to be waiting and watching Waiting and watching. And we'll see the difference here in how they kind of go together for sure. So we are to be ready and prepared. We are to be waiting and watching. Look at verse number 35 again, if you will. Notice what it says. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. Okay, that's uh, a great statement. Jesus Christ is saying, let your let your loins be girded about. We talked about this little um, idiom, this little figure of speech before. It talks about being ready for service, ready for work, ready for what lies ahead. It's a reference in that day in, in the Middle East where they wore a long garment. And in fact, the, the girding of the loins really had two aspects to it. A lot of times it meant the outer garment that they would wear, a long robe-like thing, and they girded up with a belt. And they girded it up so that they could move freely. They could have freedom of movement. It also would refer to an inner garment that covered the loins too. And sometimes they would take that up and do the same thing so that uh, they would be, again, not limited in movement. They would have, be able to have quicker action. There'd be less hindrance and so forth. In other words, nothing was holding them back. Now, we see a great illustration of this. And I love this passage. We see a great illustration of this in 1 Kings chapter 18, and verse 46. It's dealing with the prophet Elijah. Here's an interesting story that we see this kind of physical girding up of the loins incorporated. Notice the statement. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins, and he ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Great passage, great little story that talks about, here's Elijah the prophet, Physically girding up his loins so that he could do what? He was running, right? He was running. Now here's the amazing thing: the verse before, you know what Ahab is doing? Ahab's already left, and he's riding either in a chariot or a horse. So can you imagine the picture here? Okay, and this is why the verse says what? The God's uh, the, the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. So here is Ahab, he's going down the, the lane, he's trying to get back to his wife and to the gates of Jezreel there, and, and he's, he's galloping along, you know, all of a sudden here comes this prophet running, and you catch a picture? He actually goes before him, Now I don't know about you, but Elijah is a pretty good runner, he has the hand of God upon him. He was running, and God's hand was upon him. Now listen, he girded up his loins physically. That is the picture. This idea of movement, you're ready to go. You're, yeah, you're anticipating and, and getting at it after it and girding up of the loins. Now, obviously, uh, God is speaking of it in the attitude. Peter would also do so in 1 Peter chapter 1, and verse 13. He says this, wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Now, that's an interesting statement. What is he saying? Be ready. Be ready to be active. Be ready to uh, be prepared. Be ready to do the things necessary. And we put it this way. It's all about the attitude in the state of one's mind. Am I truly ready and prepared for Christ's return? Am Am I ready and prepared in my heart attitude about what's coming? It's knowing and acting upon the attitude that Christ's return can happen at any moment. This is being prepared. When Christ said, let your loins be girded, he's telling you and I, listen, be ready, be prepared. Jesus Christ, Christ, I'm coming back. I'll be coming back and you need to be ready and prepared. So gird up your loins, be ready, be prepared, anticipatory. Your attitude is, wow, this could be my last Sunday on earth. This could be my last June on earth. This could be my last year on earth. Jesus Christ could come any moment. Am I ready and am I prepared? That's the, the thrust of the passage. Be ready also in like manner. Have your loins girded up. When I was a youth pastor, we, 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 have, we did camp at the Bill Rash Ranch just like we do here. Our teenagers will be heading to camp in just a month or two, a few weeks actually, in July. And I remember as a youth pastor, we do the same thing. We get out the registration in January and February, and invariably I'd have one, two, three teenagers that would come to me within just a couple weeks in February of handing out the registration, and they say this Brother Stephen, I'm already packed for camp. And you're like, whoa you're already packed for camp? I'm, I'm serious. It'd be one, two, or three. I'd have others who come into me and say, Pastor Henry, look, I've already made my checklist for camp, and the ones that are marked I've already taken care of. I'm packed and ready to go. And you're like, wow, you're packed and ready to go in February for something that's not happening until June or July. That's impressive. Or a little OCD. Either way, uh, that's not bad. You know, it's the attitude of being ready and prepared. And boy, these, these kids were. Here's the point, and I, I think this is what we can learn from that. They gave all diligence to being ready and prepared. The problem is this I had other teenagers like, oh, camp, we're leaving tomorrow. Uh oh. I need to go pack. That's not diligently prepared and ready. Now listen, those who got ready in the past, they had a mindset, an attitude of, boy, I don't want to miss this. I don't want to be unprepared in any way. I want my entire checklist marked. I I, I want to be ready to go and prepared for when we take off the camp. Now listen to me, their diligence is a good example for you and I. To be ready and prepared for Jesus Christ. For them, they knew it was on the calendar when we were leaving. Can I tell you, my (laughs) friend, there's no calendar telling you and I when we're leaving this earth. Yet you and I are supposed to be ready and prepared just the same way. We are to be ready and prepared for the reality of Christ's return. So I would ask you this: Are you packed and ready? Are you packed and ready? Oh, Pastor Henry, I just I, I just don't know what uh, when Christ is going to return. I, how am I supposed to be prepared and, and and ready? Well, my friend, the the passage is very carefully saying to you and I: Wherefore be ye also ready? Be ready. Be therefore also ready. So are you? That obviously begs the question, how do we get ready for Christ's return? Number one, it's very simple. Obviously, be diligent. Be diligent in making sure that you are dependent upon Christ alone for salvation. Here's the most important aspect of it. Be sure that you have Christ. Ensure that he alone is your Savior. You aren't going to heaven without him. Okay, Uh, he is, and I hate the use of the term ticket to heaven. He's not your ticket to heaven. He is your Savior that redeemed you, okay? But reality is the only way you're going to get to heaven is through faith and trust in Jesus Christ. There's no name. And given among men under heaven, whereby ye must be saved. And so reality is, Jesus Christ alone. So we ought to be prepared and ready by putting our faith and, and trust in Jesus Christ alone. And I would tell you this this morning. Listen, if you are not sure, if you cannot say beyond a shadow of doubt that if you die today, you're going to heaven, or if Jesus Christ returned, it needs your full attention today. There is nothing else more important. Nothing else going on in this life. Nothing else that's happening that should say, "Hey, I I need to get my." I'll think about that later. I'll deal with that on my deathbed. I'll take care of that in the future when I have more time. Listen, it demands your attention today. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you better determine where you're going for eternity, and you better make sure that you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Would you trust him today? Number one step in being prepared and ready. You and God alone know your heart. Have you trusted in Him alone as your personal Savior? Are you depending on Him alone and His sacrifice on the cross to gain you salvation in heaven? Friend, that's where it starts to be ready. But secondly, look at verse 43, if you will, with me. We didn't read it a moment ago, but look at verse 43. Blessed is that servant. Now, that kind of reiterates verse 38, which says, no matter when he comes, that servant will be blessed. Blessed are those servants. But this verse says, Blessed is the servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, Shall find so doing. OK, now this is important because number one, we are diligently dependent upon Christ. Number one, I need to make sure that I've depended on Christ alone for salvation, best way to be ready and prepared for Christ's return, first step. Secondly, you know what we ought to do? We need to be diligently doing the work of a servant diligently doing the work of a servant. Here's the key to blessing. Here's the reality of that being a glorious day in my mind, and my life, is the reality that I am diligently doing the work of a servant. What is the work of a servant? Well, it's doing the will of the Lord or the master. Well, where do we find the will of our Lord and master? Certainly it's in with God's word. Did you catch what we read in verse number 35? I love the statement. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. Now, that statement speaks to the idea of readiness. And another illustration Christ gave about the the ten virgins with their lamps burning and so forth, awaiting and, and such. And it's that picture, again, attitude of being waiting and prepared, watching in that sense. And yet, at the same time, I would also encourage us that when he says keep the lights burning, can I just encourage you one of the ways you are prepared and ready to go is keep the light of God's word burning in your life. You know, we read often and we certainly know the truth. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. There in Psalm one nineteen. And reality is this when he says, Let your lights be burning, I think certainly he's talking first and foremost about being prepared, being ready, being alert. To the return, the imminent return of Jesus Christ. Secondly, I, I believe it's an encouragement for you and I to make sure that we are centered on God's word, that it is informing us daily of His will, what we ought to do, and how we ought to live. And I would say, thirdly, you know what else needs to, uh, the, what other light needs to be burning? Ye are the light of the world. You're the light of the world. you got to keep your lights burning. Keep your light burning. Make sure that not only are you ready and prepared, you're looking for Christ's return, and that light is burning in anticipation. Make sure that the light of God's word is burning within you, that you, it's that lamp and a light unto your, your path and your feet. And then 30, would you make sure that your light is burning as a light of the world? I find it interesting, too, when we talk about this diligently doing the master's work. Paul spoke to Timothy of it. And I love this verse, Second 2 Timothy 2:21. 2, "If a man therefore purge himself from these." Uh, He shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and noted, meet for the master's use, ready, prepared, literally, and prepared unto every good work. Now here's the key, okay? Don't miss this today. When you talk about Jesus Christ's return, it is just not the anticipation of heaven. It is just not the idea, well, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm yeah, i ready to leave this earth. I'm done with this earth. I'm sick of everything that's going on in it. I, I, I'm sick and tired of living among people who don't know God. That's wonderful. That is happening. In fact, we'll talk a little bit about it tonight in some ways. But the reality is this. That is not all of being ready and prepared. As this passage teaches us, you and I, if we're going to say, I- I'm going to be ready and prepared, it means that you and I are diligently doing. That passage said what? Man, the Lord comes back and finds his servants doing these things. It's a reality of you and I. How do I get prepared and ready? I want when Christ returns, I want him finding me doing his work and his will actively seeking and seeking out his will in God's word and then doing it, living it out in my life. And I love what Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, Listen, we need to make sure that we are meet for the, the master's use, ready for us to, him to use us and prepared unto every good work. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then guess what? Built upon salvation, you and I are regenerated, we're saved. Verse number 10 comes along, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. See, Paul said to Timothy, we are prepared and to good works, We better be meet and ready for the master's use and the good works. And then he comes along in Ephesians chapter 2 and 10 and says, listen, you've been ordained. You've been prepared for this. This is what God says. This is how you're supposed to be living right now. The good works, the work of our Lord. We don't have to read much in the New Testament. You say, okay, Pastor Henry, what are the good works that we need to be performing? What are the works that we need to be focusing on in preparation for Christ's return? We don't have to look far in the New Testament to find them. They're certainly all over. What about loving your neighbor? What about doing good to them to persecute you? What about leaving vengeance to God? What about helping others? What about loving God first? What about studying God's word to show yourself approved unto him? Be kind. Forgive one another. Be tender-hearted to one another. Show agape love. Work hard. Not as unto man, but as unto God. Lay up treasures in heaven. Don't set your affections on things here below. Don't be a friend of the world, Scripture says. It says, be ready always to give an answer of the hope that lies within you. Don't serve two masters. Avoid the sins of the, of the old man, the old nature. Submit to the Holy Spirit. Produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And more and more and more. Here are the good works that you and I ought to be pursuing in anticipation to be ready and prepared for, what, for Christ's return, for what he has in store for us. You know, I think of that checklist, I, I'm serious, I, I remember a young lady in our youth group that, that came up to me soon after we got handed out the registration, she had almost a full page of checklists, okay, of things she was taking to camp. And she came up and showed me that checklist. Now listen, this is why in our information that we handed out to the teens, we limited them how many suitcases they could bring, okay, because I've seen some girls' closets, Okay, and so but they would they would pack as much as they can in those suitcases and she had this checklist and and I'm telling you she I mean it was an extensive checklist and she already marked off some things. Can I tell you right now if you and I are going to be prepared and ready for Christ's return my friend we have a pretty good checklist. We have a pretty good Checklist. And there is much in here, and I don't know about you, I I, I I feel woefully unprepared in those things that I haven't checked off that I don't see in my own life. And boy, we ought to be diligent in doing the work of the Lord. As a servant of God, in anticipation of what? The Lord may come back any moment. He, he could come back any moment. We, we need to be prepared, and we need to be ready. We need to be diligent in doing His work. Challenged in such a way. You see... Can I ask you this? What, what on your checklist still needs doing? What's not in your life that means you're not ready and prepared? Things that you know you ought to be doing. What, what areas are you not prepared? Uh, Christ is ready this morning. We've seen that. The impetus is on you and I to get ready. What, why is that so important? Well, for one reason, it's not going to be a good thing. And do not miss it this morning. It will not be a good thing when Christ returns for any Christian that is not ready. That's hard sometimes for us to wrap our minds around because, wait wait, minute, Christ returning means we leave this place and we get to go to heaven. Oh, yes, that's true. But Christ makes an a, important point here in this passage. Look at verse 47. Verse 47 of the same chapter, notice what it says. And that servant, now notice this, which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself neither did according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. Okay, So we know God's will when we know God's word. Most of us are familiar. We've gone through at least some of that checklist. We know it, that God has given us in his word. Now the problem is if we are found not doing, that's not going to be a good thing. For the unbeliever, he'll miss out on heaven. For us as believers, it's described in this verse and others in this passage and other places. We'll miss out on blessings. We'll miss out on reward. The reality is we'll have pain, sorrow, and heartache because we are not ready and prepared. We have not prepared ourselves. We have not been about our father's business. We have not been working diligently doing the thing that God would call us to do. Can I just put it this way? The the greatest danger for every Christian here today is that instead of diligence in our doing, we delay our doing because we think Christ will delay his coming. One of the greatest dangers for us as Christians is, for each one of us, is, oh, listen, the day, tomorrow will be just like today. Next week will be just like this week. Next month will be just like next this month. Next year will be just like this month. I've got, I've got to do this, and I've got to get this done, and five years, ten years. And, boy, we make all these plans, and we think, ah, you know, Christ isn't coming back really anytime soon. And, my goodness, instead of giving diligence to our doing of God's will, we give diligence to our delay of doing God's will. And we aren't ready and prepared. Notice verse 45 of the passage. Notice the description here. But, but an if that servant say in his heart. This is, a, this is a damning or condemning statement. That servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming and shall begin to beat the manservants and maidens and to eat and drink and to be drunk in verse 46 and the lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him and in an hour when he is not aware uh-oh and judgment will fall and will cut him in asunder that statement there is literally cut him off and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers what a statement you're, man, what a great impetus and a challenge for you and I. Well, I don't want to be that servant. I don't want to be someone who thinks uh, Christ is delaying his his coming, and so I'm not really focused. It's, it's not a diligent concern. I'm not being vigilant about doing the checklist that God has given me to be ready and prepared. I'm not so concerned about him finding me doing. I think he's delaying. It really begs the question where is your heart this morning? See, it, it, it is a great aspect of this verse that he says, in his heart. In his heart he thinketh." Because it's easy to, oh yeah, pay lip service. Oh yeah, Christ is gonna come in. Yeah, amen, Christ could come today. We'll sing about it and, and we'll be excited about the reality that Christ can come. But in our heart, are we truly living and acting like that's true? On a daily basis, are we really saying, okay, man, this could be the day that Christ returns. Am I ready and prepared? Am I diligently doing the things that matter to God? Because here's reality in our heart. We're probably saying one of two things, even this morning. We might be saying this, my Savior uh, uh, will return for me at any moment. I'm going to spend this day and every day thereafter until he comes preparing and being ready by doing the will and the works of my Lord. Just your heart attitude? Or vice versa, the reality is, unfortunately, sometimes in our heart we, we would say, The antithesis, my Savior, he's not going to return anytime soon. I have plenty of time to live according to my own will and delay doing his will. It's not a comfortable question, but it is one that begs an answer this morning. What are you saying in your heart? What does your living say you're saying in your heart? Look at verse 36 and 37, if you will, with me. Notice this next statement, ready and prepared. And I, Verse 36 and 37 gives us our next statement or our next thought. And ye ourselves like unto men. Now notice this, that wait. You ought to circle that or underline it. That wait for their Lord when he will return for the wedding. That when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Verse 37, blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. You ought to underline that. You ought to circle that. That's our next thing. Be ready and prepared. Be waiting and watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down and to meet and will come forth and serve them. Okay? Now, this is the waiting and the watching, right? We said the two statements of being ready in verse uh, verse 40 is, number one, being ready and prepared. Number two, be waiting and watching here's that aspect and this this is encouraged in these two verses as we underlined or circled it is a byproduct of being ready and prepared okay when you're ready and prepared okay you aren't begging for four for five more minutes to get ready you ever have somebody who say it's time to leave i just need five more minutes I just need a couple more minutes. Hey, give me just a that, that does not ta- speak of being ready and prepared. You're not waiting and watching in that sense for the time. Oh, it's time to go. Okay, let's get out the door. Uh, we think of it also in terms of when we're waiting and watching, we don't say, is it time already? When we're waiting and watching, we don't say, what? They're already here? They're caught off guard. They're surprised by someone. That's not watching and waiting. Have you ever had a young child who's anticipating something? We've had times before when our children, uh, younger, sometimes older too, but when when a grandparent is coming and they know they're going to arrive any minute, you ever had a child there uh, sticking their face to the window watching? And they erupt. They're here, they're here, they're here. And they've been waiting and watching that whole time. Or maybe they're, they're listening for a car up the driveway. They're listening for some indicator that they're here and they've arrived. That is waiting and watching. That is the attitude of saying, oh, man, having their ears tuned, their heart attuned to the reality, someone's coming. They're ready to go. Now, listen, if you are not prepared and ready, in other words, you're not diligently doing the work of the Savior, the will of the God, if you're not ready in your attitude and your heart, you will not be waiting and watching. You ever have something, you're preparing the house, you're preparing a meal, and the people show up, and you're not ready? stall them don't answer the door turn off the lights act like we're not here no <laughs> <laughs> you're not ready you're not prepared so you're not waiting and watching you're not anticipating you're not you're not there ready to welcome no you see how being ready and prepared spiritually makes us waiting and watching for christ's return one leads to the other the picture of this passage is, man, it's right here. Did you catch it? It literally is this. Is, uh, it's a servant who knows his Lord is returning any moment. He's ready and prepared, and so he lives accordingly. He's ready and prepared for that return, so what is he? He's by the door. Did you catch that? He's by the door, verse 36, that he may open it unto him Immediately. Man, he's waiting. He's watching. He's here. The, the Lord is here. Let's open the door. And I love this picture because it's it's that attitude, that's that spirit of we're waiting. We're we're watching. You see, this means that he isn't doing something in another room that will cause him to miss his Lord's arrival. He's not distracted by other tasks, other jobs. He's already taken care of that. He's ready. He's prepared. He's been doing that. He's not, oh. Okay, I remember this as a, as a teenager. I've told you before. My, my brother and I, there's just two of us, and so sometimes my parents would leave, and we would turn the living room into a football arena. And uh, it'd be tackle football, and so the, 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 the couch was the end zone, and uh, one person started the ball, the other would start out the ball. And uh, the, the basic premise, try to get into the couch. that was a touchdown. defense, you stop them by any means necessary. Short of death. Uh, That was the plan. That was the game. And so that's what we did, right? But I remember this, okay? I remember when we'd hear our parents' car pulling into the driveway. It was a mad rush to put the pillows back, to set up everything, to make it look like we weren't playing football in mom's living room. It it, it was just this mad rush and don't, don't open the door, don't look out the window, don't do this. It's just, hey, we're not prepared, we're not ready, we're not taking care of the things we ought to do. And oh no, mom told us to do this before she got back. You like that? You ever arrive home and see your kids running around like crazy? You know what that tells you? They forgot to do what they were told to do. You know what Christ doesn't want to see when he returns? And I'll just tell you frankly, honestly, friend, you will not have time when the trumpet sounds to go over the checklist. You won't have time to go back, oh, I need to do this, and I should have done this. And do. No, no, it's done. It's a done deal. Ready and prepared says, you know what, I'm doing my best by God's grace to take care of the checklist. I am ready and prepared. I'm doing the will and the work of my Savior. I'm not perfect at it, but that is my focus. It is my attitude of diligently doing this because Christ returns in the room. When you and I are like that, that trumpet will not surprise us. We will be ready to welcome our Savior and embrace him. Because we are ready and prepared, and therefore we are watching and waiting. See, this servant wasn't distracted doing something else in another room. He, he wasn't engrossed in something else where he, where he didn't hear his Lord knocking on the door. He didn't hear his Lord's approach. He was 100% ready, tuned into that, so that he could open the door immediately. He hadn't fallen asleep in the comfort of the house, the warmth of his surroundings. Now I ask you this morning, what about you? Are you distracted this morning by the surroundings that you live in, the comfortability that you have come to assume in this world? Are are you engrossed too much in the happenings of your life that Christ's return is going to catch you off guard, unprepared, not ready, not watching and waiting? Have you fallen asleep spiritually? You're too comfortable and at ease in this world to the point that you aren't waiting and watching for Christ's return. You see, this passage is all about a warning. It's all about a woe to the believer that is not ready and prepared, waiting and watching for the Lord's return. It is also a passage that makes it very clear about a couple things, and we're done with this. You see, we know that Christ will return, and here's what we know about his return. Number one, we know this. We are given the certainty of his return. There's several verses here. Verse 40, I think, says the best. It says, for the Son of Man cometh. He's coming. Be prepared. He is coming. Verse 46 says, the Lord of the servant will come. You know, we're reminded throughout the Scripture, something that you and I, boy, we cling to as a promise of God and a reality of his character, is that our God is faithful. He is not a liar. He will do what he said he'll do. He's coming back. You can mark it down. It isn't a fairy tale. It isn't a hope so. It's a no so. Jesus Christ is returning because God is not a liar. I love the statement here in Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? It's a rhetorical question. It's a reality of, wait if God said it, he'll do it. He'll take care of it. It's going to happen. And Christ is coming and Christ is returning. Why is Christ coming back and what is why is he returning? Well, there's two aspects of it. Number one, he's coming to fulfill his promises. I will come again and receive you unto myself. I'm going to receive you. I'm going to take you. I go to prepare a place for them that where I am, ye may be there also. I'm going to come and receive you and take you back. And I'm thankful today that Jesus Christ is a man of his word. He's a God of his word. And he's coming back. You can mark it down. He's going to fulfill his promises to you and I. He's going to take us to a place called heaven to live with him for all of eternity. And we'll be done with this earth. And I'll say amen to that. Number two, can I tell you he's coming to fulfill his purposes? You see, my friend, he's already defeated Satan and death and sin and hell. Now he's come to annihilate them. <laughs> Destroy them completely to finalize the destruction. He's coming to judge this earth. Read Revelation. He will finish off death and the grave and Satan. This is the imminent return of Jesus Christ. Nothing is standing between this moment right now and Jesus Christ appearing in, uh, in the sky in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Mark it down as a certainty Jesus Christ is coming back. My friend, He's coming to fulfill his promises and to fulfill his purposes. But you see, we are given the certainty of his return, but we are also, and I don't miss this this morning. We are given encouragement even in the uncertainty of his return. Now, that sounds odd, doesn't it? We are given encouragement in the uncertainty. He just said there was certainty of his return, and now we're given encouragement in the uncertainty of his return. Throughout this passage, there are several implications given about the uncertainty of Christ's return. You remember what it said? And what? Oh, let me back up. What do we mean by uncertainty? Well, the uncertainty is this: we just don't know when He's coming. One of those verses talked about, it's verse number 38, whether he comes in the second watch or the third watch, Uh, the verses that we read a moment ago, the reality that he comes in an hour which he is not aware, a day in which he looketh not for him. There is an uncertainty about Christ's return. We don't know when he is coming. We don't know the exact time. In fact, Matthew chapter 24, verse 36, Christ said, but of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not even the angels of heaven, my father only. So there's an uncertainty about Christ's return. We don't know when it's going to happen. We don't know the day. We don't know the hour. We don't know the minute, the month, or the year. We can safely say it based on, on the Scriptures. Now, let me encourage you, if you're driving down the road and you see a billboard that says Jesus Christ is returning on this date, ignore it. Ignore it. Because we can't know, based on Scriptures, the date, the time, the hour uh, of Christ's return. That is why we must be waiting and watching. Ready and prepared, waiting and watching. However, here's the great part. Don't miss it today. God has not left us in the dark. He's given us a hint. He's given us some indication of Christ's return. That very same passage, Matthew chapter 24. Here's the clue that Jesus Christ gives us after he says, that no man knoweth the hour. He says this. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Okay, now there's a clue. There's an indicator. Days of Noah, every man did that which was right in his own sight. And I think this day qualifies, of course, that we live in. So there's an indicator. Wait a second. Here's a description. Here's a clue about Christ's return. In Mark chapter 13, Jesus Christ was talking about certain things in the end times. James, John, Peter, and Andrew got them to the side privately. And they say, okay, Christ, we've got a question for you. Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be, don't miss it, what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? Now, I'll tell you, that is a question that most of us would probably echo today. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you like to know, You have an indicator, some idea of when Christ is returning? Well, Christ goes on to describe what the days in which Christ will return will look like. And then he makes an important statement in that uh, Mark chapter number 13, verse 29. He says this, so ye in like manner, when ye shall see these things come to pass, know that it is nigh even at the doors. Man, that's a great statement. It's nigh. It's close. Okay? Sometimes if somebody comes to our house, we get a play by play from our children. They'll look out the window. They pulled up. They stopped. They're out of the car. They're walking up the sidewalk. They're at the door. <laughs> All right? So you get the alarms. You see what Christ is saying? They're nigh. It's close. Even at the door. And Paul would later share with Timothy what the last days would look like. The signs of the times, we might describe it. Signs of the times that we could say we know when Christ's return is near. This is what Paul said to, to Timothy. It's a long passage, but listen carefully. This know also that in the last day perilous times shall come. What will they look like? For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Check. Check covetous check boasters check proud blasphemers disobedient to parents unthankful unholy without natural affection Truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady-minded, or heady, high-minded, excuse me, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. There's many, many other passages in the scriptures that say, listen, here are the signs of the times. Here's what it's going to look like when Christ returns. These are the things that you can look at. Now, what do we know from all this? Even in the uncertainty of Christ's return, there is encouragement because of the signs of the times. Now, when we look at signs, what do we know? Number one, don't miss this. Signs are not given to state the date. The signs are not that Christ didn't say, when you see these things, you'll know it's at the door. He didn't say that to say, hey, okay, now then you can say, okay, on on July 15th, 2022, Jesus Christ returned. No, signs are not given to state the date. Do not miss this. Why are signs given? Signs are given to ensure the state of the believer's heart and mind. To ensure the state of the believer's heart and mind that you're ready and prepared that you and I are watching and waiting. We ought to be looking around, and I've heard it from many of you. I've heard you say it before, even of recent days. Wow, look at the world around us. Look at how it's falling apart. Look at the things that are happening. That does not surprise us. It is the sign of times. Can I tell you, Jesus Christ can return at any moment. He's coming to take you and I home. The signs certainly point to it. If I were to give you and just say what are today's takeaways, it would simply be this. Number one, Christ will return, that is certain. And there's comfort to be had in that. Number two, notice it, the date and time is not certain. But the signs point to the return being nigh, even at the door. Or at the doors, as Christ himself said in Mark 13, 29. I love that. You see, the date and time not certain, but the signs certainly point to the reality of his return being nigh. How should we respond? We ought to be ready and prepared, as we've seen already. Be ready and prepared. being diligent to make sure Christ is our Savior, number one, that we are saved and diligent in our doing the work of our Lord. And number two, are you standing at the door ready to open it up? Are you waiting and watching for Christ's return? My friend, can I tell you, uh, the thing that you and I ought to look for more than anything else is Jesus Christ's return. Oh, I pray for the revival of America. I pray that the state of Michigan would do things well, and I pray for that. I pray for Jesus Christ to be once again, or at least be exalted in this nation. But my friend, that is not the ultimate thing I look for. I look for Jesus Christ's return. I trust you do today also. Are you ready and prepared? Are you waiting and watching? Father, we thank you for your word, and I thank you for the challenge from Jesus Christ himself in this passage. Father, it's so easy, we would quickly confess that it is so easy for us to uh, get caught up in, in, in this world, being distracted, being engrossed, and, and, and Father, getting our minds uh, distracted from what is the most important reality of truth, that Jesus Christ could come back any moment to claim us, to take us to heaven, and so Father, I pray you'd help us today. You convict us where, Father, we have not been ready and prepared, where we have not diligently been doing your work, where, Father, we have not given our time and attention to your checklist. And, Father, forgive us where we haven't been waiting and watching. Father, where uh, we are uh, not prepared, not ready for you to return and embrace you as we ought to. And so, Father, help us today. Help us to have a right attitude and a right spirit. Help us to be you know, Lord-looking and, and waiting and watching For Jesus Christ to appear and to take us home to be in heaven with you. Father, would you help us to live not like citizens of this world, but like citizens of heaven. May our hearts and minds be drawn to you, your word and Father every day. May we look forward to may we anticipate. May we pray for and love your appearing. Help us today. As your children, your church, your bride. To live like we are, (laughs) Lord, desirous of Christ's imminent return. Help us to be ready and prepared, and help us to be waiting and watching. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I ask you to join me in standing all across the auditorium. The piano begins to play, and I'd encourage you to make sure you're ready and prepared, number one, by knowing Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you're unsure this morning of your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, where you'll spend eternity, I encourage you, you slip out, you quietly come down to this altar, and We'll take A man will take a man, a woman will take a woman to a side room. They'll show you from God's Word how you can know for sure how you can be prepared and ready for eternity by first putting your faith and trust in Christ. Number two, Christian, can I just ask you, are you diligently doing the will and the work of your Lord? Are you ready and prepared? Are you waiting and watching? You alone know what your heart's attitude is. What is it today, friend? Would you spend some time talking with your Heavenly Father? Would you ensure that you are ready and prepared? watching and waiting.